series called uh, The Abundant Life, um, and last week we talked about complete joy. Now, if you can have complete joy in your life, that sounds like a really good, full, and abundant life. Well, this week we want to talk about a perfect peace. And if you could achieve a perfect peace, wouldn't that make sense to qualify that as an abundant life, uh, an, uh, an incredible, wonderful, and full life? So this is what we're talking about. And we need this because I don't know about you, but our weeks are so full. They're so chaotic. There's so many concerns and troubles and trials that are out there. I mean, things can just get downright overwhelming. We can just try to survive the moment. A lot of us are, are, are wanting to get away. Like, I mean, when you see that Southwest Airlines commercial, that just always speaks, doesn't it? I mean, you're in a moment. You want to get away? And you're like, absolutely, yes. I want to be able to leave my problems behind. A lot of us find ourselves working for the weekend. We can't wait till it's Friday, but the only problem is two days later, it's Monday again. And you start that whole cycle all over again. That's why you need Sunday morning, because Monday's coming, right? Friends, the enemy wants to weigh you down. He wants to fill you full of fear. He wants to bring you trials and troubles to get you off center of God's amazing best in your life. And friends, God is about giving you his amazing best and giving you an incredible life. And Jesus came to give you that incredible, wonderful, and abundant life. He says so in John 10.10. Now, in John 10.10, we're given two options. We're given two ways to live. We're given two ways to spend our time on earth. And the first one is given to us by the God of this world, the, the Bible says, the God of this, this, this earth, and it's the devil. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and rob, and destroy. That's one type of life. On the other hand, God says in Jesus Christ, I offer you a better life. I've come that you might have an incredible life, and that you may have it more abundantly. And in other translations, it says, and have it to the fullest. Now, friends, last week I asked you, which life do you feel like you're living, and which life do you prefer? Well, let's build on that for this week as we consider this to be harvest season, right? Anybody seen farmers in the fields? Some of you are farmers yourselves. Friends, this is the time where the, 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 the corn's getting shucked and shelled and, and uh, soybeans are coming in and, and farmers are getting everything cleaned off the fields so we can just celebrate all the hard work that's happened throughout the year, all the seeds that have been planted. Friends, this is the harvest season. It's the season of abundance. And our prayers go out to our farmers and our farming community, and we pray that it's a bountiful harvest for you and your family that can bless all of us who consume the goods that are made from those crops. So based on that, we're going to, this month, take a look at the fruit of the harvest of blessings that come to us in this abundant life that Christ has promised us. You see, friends, it's an abundance the world wants to promise, but the world can't deliver on it. See, the world wants to promise you a great life, but the world can't deliver on it. It's fool's gold, what the world wants to offer us. And so we're looking at the real thing that can only be experienced by abiding in the Spirit of God and living in His loving and incredible grace. So Galatians chapter 5, what Paul does is he describes the fruit of a life of, of, of stealing, killing, robbing, and destroying that the enemy can, has come to give us. And he describes the fruit on the other side of that, of a life that is lived in Jesus Christ, abiding in his love and the fruit of the Spirit. Let's look at that in Galatians chapter 5. The Bible says this. Paul reads, the acts of the flesh are obvious. So the results of a life lived according to the God of this world, Satan, is this. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Friends, this is a result of the first life talked about in John 10.10. 10. 
the thief that comes to rob, steal, kill, and destroy and bring misery on your family. Friends, this is the result of that kind of life lived. Then Paul says, but a life lived in the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So while Jesus is talking about two different lives you can live in John 10.10, 10, Paul is describing two different harvests you can experience in your life. So let me follow up with the question I asked last week, which was what type of life would you like to live with the question this week? Which type of harvest do you want to have in your life? Do you want to have the former, uh, the, the, the latter harvest or the, the former harvest? Do you want to, a life of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control to be the fruit that pours out of your life and everything that you do? Which life, which harvest do you want? Do you want a life from the world, a life from the flesh, or a life of abundant blessings in the spirit of the living God? You're given a choice here in God's word and how we're going to live and the fruits that we're going to experience from that. Now, notice what Paul does not promise here is an easy, pain-free, trial-free life if you choose to live a life in the Spirit of God. If you choose to abide in the love of Jesus Christ, he's not telling you that the results are going to be an easy, pain-free, trial-free life. Rather, what he's saying is, I'm going to give you a life that you can hold on to your joy and you can have a peace that passes all understanding regardless of your circumstances. When life feels difficult, that we can have this amazing peace in the midst of all of that because it's God's promise of peace. God promises us peace throughout his word and peace starts with his son, Jesus Christ. In John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus is speaking. He says, peace I leave with you my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Now, now let me ask you something. What kind of peace do you want in your life? And what is the source of the peace that you think you're pursuing right now in your life, friends? Do, do we want a peace that comes from a professional athlete? Or are we going to find peace in, in what we read on the news media? Or, 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 or are we going to get peace when we turn on Facebook? Start reading people's feeds? Yeah, I'm feeling peaceful after that session. I mean, where are we looking at for our source of peace, right? Are we, are we going to our neighbor for peace? Are we going to our family member for peace? What God is saying, hey, listen, the, the way that the world gives out peace is not my way. God says, I'm going to do you better. He says, I'm going to give you my peace. Now, Jesus is speaking. He says, I'm going to give you my peace. I'm going to leave it with you. My peace. Friends, if we want peace, don't we want peace to come from the source of the creator of the universe? Don't we want a peace that created you and me, that knows exactly how peace operates and works in our life and how we need it and how much we need it and what it looks like? Absolutely. He's our creator and our designer. Friends, he's going to do you one better in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 here. He says, you will keep in perfect peace. God is speaking to the prophet Isaiah. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. It's Isaiah speaking back to God. You, God, will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast, those who abide in your love, those who remain and, and, and put their trust in you because they trust in you, friends. So think about this. If, if you choose to find the world to be your source of peace, it's always going to let you down. It's imperfect. But when you look to God and Jesus Christ to be your source of peace, is God perfect? You better believe he is. Has God ever committed sin? Has God ever done anybody wrong? Has God ever been led astray? Has he ever cheated, lied, or, steal, or stolen? No. God is a perfect God. So doesn't it make sense 
that if you're going to receive peace from a perfect God, what kind of peace is it going to be? A perfect peace. And some of us walk in here and we don't even think it's attainable, but it's God's promise. Why? Because it's coming from Jesus. It's coming from our perfect God. Friends, is it possible for us today when we walk out of here that we could own God's perfect peace in our life? And you say, well, how is that possible? He says, for those minds who are steadfast, for those who abide in it and remain in my love. Because why? Because they trust in you. Trust, full trust in God leads to a perfect peace of soul, friends. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like an abundant life to me. A life of perfect peace. A life of complete joy last week, right? Complete joy this week. A life of perfect peace. I don't know that it gets any fuller or more abundant than that. Would you like to walk out of here today with a perfect peace? The peace of our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, friends, it's possible to take a life of perfect peace into our life as we talk about it today. That is firm and unwavering that this world can't provide and only comes from putting our trust and a hope in the one true Lord. Friends, if our peace is in our car, in our water heater, Mark Burrier walked into the 815 service. Those of you that don't know Mark, some of you don't, that's inconsequential. He walked in this morning, I said, well, how you doing? He said, well, he said, he said, uh, you know, uh, yesterday the, the car heater wasn't working and uh, this morning I woke up and my, and my water heater's leaking. And, but you want to know what? He was good. He was good. Because his hope isn't in his water heater. His trust isn't in his car. I'm here to tell you, they'll let you down. I mean, if my peace was in the ice maker in our refrigerator, I'd have lost my mind three days ago. <laughs> because our ice machine and our refrigerator broke. Am I talking to some of the right people here today? It's like we just got that refrigerator like five years ago. And the ice machine just quit. But it's like, you know what, I'm good. Because my peace is not in broken down equipment or stuff that isn't going to last. Friends, if our peace and our trust, if our trust is in our car, in our water heater, in our ice machine, if our trust is in people, if our trust is in our career or social media, if our trust is in the news media or, or politicians, if our trust is in our finances, if our trust is in a trouble-free life, if our trust is in a November ballot issue, all of these things will let us down. They'll not always be there. They'll break down. They'll speak fear into our life. But Jesus, our firm foundation, is never going to let us down. And that's why he's worthy of our full trust. He's never going to be knocked off of his throne. When all else feels like it's falling apart in our life, when everything around us feels like it's calamity and chaos, when all we can see is a future of impossibility, and we can't see how things are going to work out when the news of the day leaves us disoriented, whatever news that is, or the concerns of this world begin to overwhelm our spirits because that's what the world does, by the way. That's what the enemy does to overwhelm us, destroy us, take us down and take us out. Friends, when all that happens, we have a God who has overcome the world. we got a God who's overcome my broken ice maker. we got a God who's overcome the broken down water heater, the car that won't start. John 16, verse 33, Jesus says this in his word. We read this last week. We're going to read it again this week. Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you might have what? Peace. What kind of peace? Perfect peace. He says, I've, I've told you all these things. I've given you all these promises. I've given, you, I've given you my word written down on paper. And oh, by the way, I showed up on the scene as the word. I am the word, Jesus says. He says, I've done and said all these things so that you might have peace. Because in this world, you will have trouble. Friends, that is a guarantee. Does anybody need to be reminded of that today? You're like, Pastor John, you have no idea what kind of week this was. I do. You had trouble. <laughs> Pastor John, you have no idea what I'm facing this week. I do. You're going to be facing some trouble. God says it. He promises that to you. You will and you have faced trouble in your life. You will have trouble. 
Jesus is speaking, but these are, these are great three words, but take heart. But take heart, friends. Jesus says, but take heart. Why? Because I've overcome the world. You're going to have problems, but take heart. I'm an overcomer. Jesus says, you're going to have uh, difficulties in this life, but take heart. I've already, I've already cared for all that. You, you have, you know, things are falling apart in your life. Jesus says, take heart because I haven't fallen off the throne and I never will. Friends, we can't put hope in the things of this world because it is full of trouble. You will have trouble in this world. Uh, it's a broken world. It's a dark world. It's a devilish world because he's the God of this world, friends. Jesus, on the other hand, says, take heart, have faith, because I've overcome all of the troubles of this world, all of the troubles you can see of this world, Pastor John and everybody else, but also all of the troubles you can't see that come our way, that nothing in this world can knock God off of his throne or take him out. Friends, the world already tried that. The world already tried to knock him off his throne. The world already tried to take him down and take him out. With all that the devil and all that humanity could do to take him down and take him out, the full weight of this world on the cross of Christ, crucified and dead and put in a grave. But God says, take heart. He says, I've taken on all of this world. I've taken on all the devil can throw at me. I've overcome it all. I've been raised in victory from the dead in my son, Jesus Christ. Friends, there are times, and this statement is going to re resonate with somebody, there are times where we feel our mortality. You ever feel your mortality? You're like, well, about seven days a week, Pastor John. Well, good, me too. I mean, every day we're reminded of our mortality. We're re reminded that things are going to break down and struggle and, and be broken in our life. You know, there are going to be times in our life where we feel our mortality, where we feel like we're just so worn down or we feel like we're about to be taken out or, or we feel like things are hopeless or overwhelming. And that's when God says, take heart. You want to know what the abundant life looks like? The abundant life looks like when all that stuff happens and you can still take heart in the Lord Jesus Christ and remain with firm footing in the complete joy of God. Remain in firm footing in a perfect peace that passes all human understanding. God says no matter what's coming your way, no matter how much you feel your mortality, take heart. You know what take heart means? I looked it up. It says it means, it means to gain courage, to have confidence, to be hopeful. Because all those things can steal our hope, destroy our courage, and, 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 and we can lack a complete confidence based on what's happening in our life and the things that are coming our way. Friends, the immortality of Jesus will always overcome our mortality if we allow him to do so. Nothing on this earth can take us out because nothing could take our Savior out. He's got this. And that's how he's able to give us a perfect peace. My mom wanted to pass along a message to you. My, my mom, Karen Alice, um, her birthday was last weekend, a week ago now, and many of you blessed her with a lot of birthday cards and blessings and greetings, and she was just so overwhelmed with kindness. I mean, a lot of you went even went into great detail, you know, writing a bunch of stuff in the card about how, how blessed you've been when they visited here and, 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 and they sat in worship with you. Some of you had, you know, some snacks and stuff in Hebrews Cafe with my mom and my dad, and, and you know, in all, in all reality's sake, my mom will never make this trip again. She'll, she'll, never, she'll never be able to come to Zanesville again. She's battling ALS and Lou Gehrig's. And I've shared that story. We talked a little bit about it last week. And friends, ALS and Lou Gehrig's is a wicked, wicked thing. And I'm going to tell you, our family is heartbroken at the whole business of ALS and um, Lou Gehrig's. But I'm here to tell you, we're not broken. We may be heartbroken, but we're not broken. Am I talking to some of the right folks here today? You may be heartbroken, but you're not broken. You may, you may feel like you're struck down, but the Bible says you're not destroyed. Jesus was struck down, but he wasn't destroyed. He was raised from the dead. And because we have God in our life, because we have Jesus Christ, 
We may be heartbroken, but we're not broken. We're good to go. We're encouraged. We're taking heart, friends. You see, ALS in this world will bring trouble, but our trust is not in this world. It is in the overcomer. It is in his promises. It is in this life that he's promised us beyond this life. Friends, this life isn't the end. The world is not all there is. Death does not have the final say. Jesus does. Jesus does, friends. And that brings us a perfect peace. You want to talk about abundant blessings? You can have perfect peace in the midst of cancer. You can have perfect peace in the midst of ALS. You can have perfect peace in the midst of financial crisis. You can have a perfect peace in the middle of a divorce. You can have a perfect peace through all things that are broken in this life. Friends, God never promised the Alice family a trouble-free life. But what he did promise us is a peace in the midst of our trials as we put our hope and trust in him. You see, what sustains us is the power of prayer. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you, some of you are prayers. All of you can be prayers if you want. It's just talking to God. I want to encourage you to do so. You ought to try it sometime. Talking to God, praying. Say, God, you're talking to the God of perfect peace. It's like, you want some perfect peace? Talk to the guy who's got it, right? In another month, we're going to celebrate the Prince of Peace coming to this earth. If he's the Prince of it, we ought to be talking to him for some peace. And friends, we do that. We're sustained. We're, we, we remain confident. We remain trusting. We remain, remain unbroken and, and alive in our spirits because we're able to talk to God in the power of prayer that holds us up and sustains us. And when we get discouraged, we hold on to the promises of God. Did you know that God's word is filled with promises? Promises fulfilled. Promises fulfilled. That's what we're going to talk about in the, um, in the month of December. We're going to talk about God's promises fulfilled as we realize that our Messiah is here. Our Messiah is here, and he is the promises fulfilled. And so when you pray to the God of peace, and when you hold on to the promises of the God of peace in the midst of our trials, and we put our hope in him, oh, friends, it, it holds us up. And I can tell you personally, when I get discouraged, and I hold on to the promises of the Lord, when I get frustrated, and I pray to the God with all the power that I need, I can just tell you from experience, the peace of, of God just rushes into my soul. It just floods my heart. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And so as our hope and our trust is not in this world, we're putting our hope and our trust in the one who overcame this world. And so because of that, we can take heart. We can be encouraged because Jesus has overcome the world. So friends, put your trust in him with a supernatural, perfect peace that leaves the average human being scratching their heads. And this is Paul's prayer, and this is my prayer for us, for me, for you. This is Paul's prayer, my prayer, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16, through all of this. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace some of the time, and may he give you peace in certain circumstances. The Lord be with all of you. I think that's sometimes how we read God's word. That's not what God's word says, right? What does God's word say? This is mind-blowing. If you honestly read what it says. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace when? At all times. I want you to look at your neighbor right now and say, at all times. All right? And, and, and in every way, I want you to look at your other neighbor and say, in every way. I'm Does that sound like an abundant life? Peace at all times, in every way, a perfect peace? You bet. I mean, it doesn't get more abundant than that, right? It doesn't get more abundant than this promise in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, 16. The Lord be with all of you. Well, if we know that the Lord is with us, of course we can have peace in all times and in every way. Friends, here's the reason why we can live the prayer of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. You want to know why we can live the prayer of 2 Thessalonians 3, 16? It's because of the promises of John 3, 16. And what you need in your life is a little bit more 3, 16. 
Because if you remember the promises of John 3.16, somebody give it to me. For God so, what? The world. That whoever believes in him, keep going, shall not perish, but have eternal life. Right? Praise be to God. If we can hold on to the promises of John 3.16, we can live with the fulfillment of the prayer of 2 Thessalonians 3.16 in our life because our hope and our trust is in John 3.16. When you live with these two promises, 2 Thessalonians and John 3.16, nothing, troubles, trials, our own mortality can touch you or take you out because we are children of a victorious God of the universe that gives us an abundant life of love and joy and peace. Oh, by the way, and when you have a love and joy and peace, did you notice that patience and gentleness come along with that? When you start with a love and a joy and a peace, friends, it starts to manifest itself inside of you so that what you give everybody else changes too. Because when you have a, a perfect peace in your life, it leads to an incredible patience and gentleness out there into the world. When you're living, when you're living in the promises of 316, it makes you easier to live with. Some of you always say, like, hallelujah, Jesus. I'm so glad. I'm so glad my loved one is here. I'm so glad my spouse and my kid and my, my grandmother and everybody else but myself is here. Friends, this message is for all of us. It starts with me. It starts with all of us. I'm preaching to myself before I'm preaching to you. Friends, when you live the promises of 316, when you live the promises of John 316, and when you live the, 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 the prayer of 2 Thessalonians 316, it makes you easier to live with. You see, because most of our irritable spirits that lead to a lack of patience are a result of a mind and a heart that's weighed down by the troubles of this world. It's a result of, the, of a heart that, 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 that is troubled on the inside. And when we're troubled on the inside, we, we act trouble out and we, we, we manifest trouble out to others around us. And friends, when we're better in here because of a perfect peace that we have of 2 Thessalonians 3.16, when we're better in here, we're going to be better out there. It's just going to be the fruit that comes from a life lived in peace. Let me give you an illustration. About a month ago, I was on vacation. I'm just not going to go on vacation anymore because troubles just seem to follow me every time I'm on vacation. Last time I took a vacation was in July. And, of course, you know, my poor daughter and my, and my wife, Erin, they were in the hospital for a month and a half. And she had the biggest crisis that our family's experienced in years on the way home from the hospital while we're out in Virginia. Well, then this past uh, October, a uh, couple, couple weeks ago, I took another week of vacation, and, and uh, uh, I had a kidney stone attack twice, twice. And the, the first one came when we were all the way out to Rainersville. Where's the nearest hospital to Rainersville? Where's the nearest anything to Rainersville? I love Rainersville, by the way. The flea market out there, oh, it's so much fun. But it's a long way away from the hospital. And I told my dad, I, I, st I stood there for two hours fighting this pain. I said, Dad, I got I to gotta go. I got to go to the hospital right now. He says, okay, get in the car. That was the longest hour and 20-minute drive ever. We got to Genesis. I walk into Genesis like this. I mean, I kid you not. I, I, can't, even, I can't even, like, reenact the groans and the moans that were coming out. I was in so much pain. I was doubled over, hunched over. I could barely give my keys and my wallet to the wonderful security guard there that's making sure everybody's safe. You know what I'm talking about? You guys have been there before. And... Uh, and then I get, I go, I walk right up to the station, and she, I always love this. I mean, I, I mean, you could just tell. She, well, what can I do for you? Uh, how about some drugs? <laughs> I knew, but no, I mean, that's what I said. I said, hey, listen, I'm, I'm battling a kidney stone. Uh, I'm pretty sure I got a kidney stone. I've battled these before. I'm struggling. I'm in a lot of pain. I just, I need your help. And she said, okay, uh, you know, if you could just sit down in the waiting room, uh, we'll, we'll get to you in just a minute. I'm like. I look around the room, and all eyes in the waiting room are on me. Like, this guy has got problems. And, and it was full. 
The waiting room was full in the ER there. And she says, just have a seat and we'll get to you in a minute. Friends, I couldn't sit down. Anybody ever had kidney stone pain? There's no position that's comfortable. You can't sit down. You can't lay down. The, the best thing to do is to get yourself in the fetal position with your thumb in your mouth and pray to God. That's it. So I'm walking around. I'm, 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 so I'm, that's fine. I'm hobbling around, and I'm pacing back and forth in the ER. I'm groaning and moaning. And, and I said, they got this little blue thing with a hoop on it that if it extends as a back like that, I said, I'm going to need one of those. Uh, so I'm walking around with the barf bag in my hand. I got it open and extended. I'm walking around in the ER. I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm in a lot of pain. 10 minutes is 15 minutes, 20 is 25 minutes. Now, the good news is at the end of my walk is the welcome desk. So every time I get back to the welcome desk, I lean around the corner. I say, hey, listen, a chance for some drugs. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, no, okay, all right. So I go back, I go back to walking and pacing, and I'm hurting. And, and thank good, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm about to just puke in front of everybody in this entire ER. And then the good news is my dad told me, I know there's a bathroom right there. Oh, praise be to God. So I went into the bathroom. I used the blue bag, and I walked out of there, put in the, the garbage receptacle. I walked right back up to the counter. I said, hey, I'm going to need another one of those blue bags. Any chance for some drugs? You know? And this went on for 45 minutes. I was battling. And then they called me back. They took an image. They got me hooked up to an IV. They gave me some happy medicine. They were able to identify that I had a, a two-millimeter kidney stone in my right side. And, and, uh, and uh, I, I, was, I was feeling really good. And I, I'm, I'm here to tell you, at no time, at no time was I um, irritable, belligerent, or um, angry with any of the hospital staff. Honest to God. Uh, honest to God. I, I, I pushed a little bit to say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm really, I'm just, I mean, I'm hurting here. Get me back. And then my dad came back with me. And you want to know what? We blessed every single nurse and, and doctor that walked in that room. We shared our faith in Jesus Christ. We told them how much we loved God. We Thank them for all the blessings that they gave us. Never complained once about anything. And I'm here to tell you, I want to know who was there that day because that wasn't me. <laughs> friends, all I can just tell you is I just, I had a peace. I had a peace, friends, a perfect peace inside of me that was able to allow me to be just a witness for Jesus Christ with everybody that we walked in front of and, and we ran into, friends, and probably some of the worst pain that I've ever had. That is only God. None of that was me, and my dad was there right by my side, and he never missed a beat when a nurse walked in. We'd ask him how they're doing, how can we pray for you? I'm, hop, I'm, I'm hooked up to an IV, hopped up on medicine. Uh, the prayers got really good once I got some delighted in me. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> Percocet, oh, we were walking on the clouds of heaven, friends. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you. But friends, that's just the perfect peace that passes all understanding. Friends, most of the time when we lash out and when we're impatient with people, and our patients are lost, it has very little to do with them, but it has everything to do with something inside of us. Now, friends, for me, there was literally something inside of me that could have given me the permission to be irritable with other people, but God told me, this too shall pass. <laughs> and I was banking on the fact that this circumstance, too, would literally pass, <laughs> right? And in those moments, we realize that it has very little to do with the people that we're impatient with or irritable with, but it has everything to do with that we're hurting inside, we're restless inside, uh, we're insecure inside, we're fearful inside, our hearts are lacking peace on the inside, and it gets manifested on the outside. You've heard this before, hurt people do what? Hurt people hurt people. They don't mean to. But you see, friends, when I'm short and irritated with my family, it's usually because something on the inside is weighing me down. My heart and my mind are troubled with the things of this world. There may be unconfessed sin, the challenges of the church. Uh, and I, I'm just not at peace. And so when I'm not at peace here, it manifests itself out to everybody else. I know I'm the only one that ever deals with this, and none of this is making any sense to anybody else. But just go with this for me for a minute, right? Friends, peace on the inside manifests as patience on the outside. 
peace on the inside will produce fruit, will show itself as fruit on the outside. Peace on the inside will manifest as patience. Peace on the inside will manifest as gentleness on the outside. Friends, the more peace you have because of 2 Thessalonians 3.16 and John 3.16, the better you will be with people in relationship and in life. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, the Bible promises this, but those who patiently wait on the Lord, you can just put the word patiently in there because when you're waiting on somebody, it takes patience. But those who wait on the Lord with patience shall renew their strength they shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Friends, part of trusting the Lord is patiently waiting on the Lord to do his incredible work and to allow his promises to come to fruition in your life to care for your troubles in this life. And if you're good at practicing patience with the Lord, guess what happens? Then you'll more patiently wait for the traffic to clear. Some of you with road rage, you just haven't been with God long enough, right? <laughs> for, for, I'm talking to myself here, right? The, the more time you spend patiently waiting on the Lord, the more patience you'll have for your family member waiting on them to get ready to where you're going. The more patience you'll have for your child to get it and mature. Friends, the more patience you'll have with the people that drive you crazy and the more patience you'll have with the doctors and the nurses in the ER. So when I'm getting home from that ER trip, I'm not throwing up all over Facebook about this care and that care and how lives well. No, I think I remember my post was, and we had some challenges there before. I think I started off and said, hey, listen, our family has not always had the best experience there, but let me tell you about today. Today they got me taken care of. The first 45 minutes were rough, but within an hour they had me taken care of and back on my feet and out on the road. And I just celebrated that on Facebook and just shared that out loud with everybody to say, listen, I just want to testify to you. A lot of times we can be very critical of people. In fact, that's all we ever people, let people hear is when we're critical, right? Hey, listen, here's a moment where they got it right. Let's talk about that out loud. Because the better we're going to be with people, right? Because we're patiently waiting on the Lord. You'll have more patience with people because you're peacefully waiting on God. And while you're waiting in faith or waiting in the waiting room, His Spirit will strengthen you. He'll minister to your weariness, the Bible says. He'll give you courage that helps you keep walking abundantly in the face of your troubles and trials, even in your pain. Friends, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, will breathe new life in you, will, will, will blow on you as wings like eagles and raise you up. It will lift you up, able to peacefully soar above the trouble. So take heart, the Bible says. So how can you take heart and soar above the trouble? Because, well, our God is still not in the ground. People always say, well, under the circumstances, how come you're not more impatient? Under the circumstances, how come you're not yelling at the hospital staff and this, this, and that? Well, because the Alice family doesn't live uh, under the circumstances, because Jesus doesn't live under the ground anymore. He's been raised above uh, the ground. He, he's, he's alive and well from the dead. And if he's been raised to new life, then we live above our problems. We don't live below them. We don't live buried in our problems, right? Jesus is, he's won the victory. He's been raised. So have we. So have we, right? So friends, when you're living 316 in here, it will make you better out there with a peace and a patience at all times in every way, according to 2 Thessalonians 316. So by the way, a perfect peace makes you more gentle. Oh, they fixed that for me. That's great. I appreciate that, Michelle, because my original note says, uh, 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 well, this is my fault, perfect peace makes you gentler. That ain't good grammar. I'm here to tell you. Sorry, mom, by the way. So I was like, no, that the more peace makes, uh, perfect peace makes you more gentle. 
It makes you a more gentle person. Of course it does. His, his spirit convicts you to let go of controlling and overbearing attitudes that are abrasive and harsh. And when you're filled with the peace, you're, you're not trying to get ahead and prove your point and manipulate outcomes and situations for your personal comfort. No, you're at peace with God being in control, so you don't need to be in control of things anymore. And so, friends, the fruit of peace, the fruit of a love, joy, and peace is patience and gentleness. Because what it does is it dials you down. It, it lowers our, our, our voice. It rearranges our attitudes and how we respond to folk and how we respond to situations and circumstances so that we're not going to react or be overbearing or get aggressive, but we're going to be gentle. You see, friends, when you're filled with the promises of 316, the perfect peace of God, it changes how you see others. As you gaze at the wonders of God's incredible work and power in your life, as God's wonderful creation, as you, as you get patience and gentleness back from God that he shows you, it comes out of you into other people. And, and they begin to experience the benefits of the fruit of the Spirit in you. You see, what happens is when you abide in the Spirit of the Lord, when you, when you have the abundant life working in you, the fruit is glorious. But friends, you're not the only one that experiences its fruit. Everybody else around you reaps the harvest of blessing. Because when you're at peace in here, you're better out there. You're more patient and you're gentler. And you're like, Pastor John, I pray that you're listening to your message. Absolutely. Yes, it starts with me. I can be much more patient. I can be much more gentle. It's a work that God continues to work in my life. And I invite you to allow him to do the same. I think we could all use some extra patience in this world we live in today. I think we could all use some extra, um, extra uh, uh, gentleness in our spirit because then, friends, it gives people the, the hospitable room to make life-changing choices and to join us right where God is in our life and to help them find their way. So, friends, let's be set free from the troubles of this world with an abundance of perfect peace as we own the prayer of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16, and we own the promise of John 3, 16 that leads to a patient gentleness of spirit. Friends, here's some action steps, and we're done. Number one, what troubles in this world weigh on you? What troubles in this world weigh on you? I don't know. Is it a health condition? Is it a health issue? Is it a cancer, ALS, a kidney stone? Is it financial? Is it relational? Is it, is it self-preservation? Is it uh, self-reflection or, or poor self-outlook? What troubles in this world weigh on you? Then secondly, seek the Lord for his perfect peace. Seek the promises in his word and seek him in the power of prayer. And then three, practice patience and gentleness this week. Now, this is dangerous because when you pray to God to show you more gentleness and more patience, he gives you circumstances and reasons to have to practice patience. So I'm not praying curses on you this week. That's not my goal, friends. I'm praying God's blessings in your life. But don't be surprised if God gives you or lets you experience something this week that is going to require an extra dose of patience and gentleness. But I'm here to tell you, if you walk out of here today owning the, the perfect peace of the only one that can give it to you, our perfect God, then God will continue to fill you with an abundance of patience and gentleness. That someone will look at you and say, who are you? And you say, I know this ain't normally me. All I can do is just tell you the God of perfect peace is filling my soul today, and I'm walking in the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks for all that you do in our life. We, we give you thanks for this word. Lord God, we, we just, we're so desperately uh, in love with you, God. We, we are just so desperate for this abundant life. We do not want a life of destruction. 
We don't want a life of, 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 of death and, 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 and joy stealing and joy robbing. Lord God, we're not interested in the God of this world. Lord God, we're interested in you. And Lord God, we want the harvest of living an abundant life. We want more love, more joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in our life. Lord God, we recognize today that the fruit of the Spirit is simply the harvest of blessings from the abundant life. We want it all. Lord God, we, we, we don't want to stop short of asking for it all. But Lord God, whatever area we need help in, Lord God, we pray for that. We pray for, for more peaceful souls, Lord God. That we put more of our trust in you and not the things of this world. Lord God, we pray for more patience in our relationships with our spouses and our families and, and with, our, with our church family, Lord God, and with many others in our life, Lord God. We, and many other things, Lord God. We pray for gentleness when it comes to our dealings with people and, our, and the, way that we, the way that we converse with each other, the way we communicate, the, our nonverbals and our verbals, Lord God, in all ways, shapes, or forms, the way we carry ourselves, Lord God. I, I pray this prayer for me, Lord God. Would you make me a, a more patient and gentler person in this world, Lord? We, we pray for that in our own hearts, in our own lives, in our own minds, Lord God. We, we need more of that in this world. And Lord God, when we, when we display a peace that passes all understanding, Lord God, when we, when we display a patience that people scratch their heads or a gentleness when they're like, how can you be that way? We can look at them and say, God, it's not us, but it's the spirit of the living God in us that's making that difference. Lord God, may we continue to forever remain in your love and abide in your purposes. May we put our full trust in you. And Lord God, when we do, may we hold on to the perfect peace whose minds are steadfast that you've given us. Your peace, the Prince of Peace. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, grow us, mature us, because we want it all. We want, we want the fullness of the abundant life. And we want all the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness and self-control you have to offer us. Amen.